Welcome to Hello from the Other Side, where we validate how our loved ones on the other side are always with us, ready to help when called on. Here's your host, psychic, medium, and best-selling author of There Is No Death, Only Life, Maria Verdeshi. Hi, this is Maria Verdeshi, and welcome to Hello from the Other Side. My guest today is Philip Melvin Chalk. He's an astrologer with 45 years of experience. I'm super excited to have him here. And welcome, Philip. How are you doing today? I'm fine, Maria. I want to say that I thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share knowledge and to for us to get together and talk about the unseen world and the world that we see every day. It's very important. I tell my story real quick. I come from a very religious background. Okay, my family was Pentecostal. And when I was growing up, uh, something happened that was very traumatic for me. It's my When I was eight years old, my parents divorced. And uh, by me being the only child, you know, I had to do things that kept me somewhat busy, but I always was a very introverted child. And I always felt deep within my soul that life was more than what I saw with my physical eyes. There was something else that was missing. And uh, I remember being in the crib also that it was this entity or spirit that used to talk to me. And it was weird because I didn't have any type of reference in that time to know that this is something that was supposedly abnormal or spooky or haunting. It was just like the person was like a friend of mine. And as I grew older, of course, I found out that they have these stories of ghosts and demons and negative spirits and all that. And my experience wasn't negative. So I say all that to say is that I was an avid reader as a child. I used to read comic books, uh, Marvel comic books, Thor, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man. The issue of a character named Dr. Strange. And Dr. Strange would have these magical powers. And it seems like I could identify with that. It seemed like I knew that I had magical powers. And so time went on and I got introduced to astrology and numerology from an older gentleman. And I read the books and I saw what it said about my sign Capricorn. I said, oh my God, that doesn't sound like me. But it was something about what it said made me want to go further. And so I went further. Now I was about 12 or 13 years old then. And I went further and I found out different things about astrology in depth. And it was uh, very interesting. I always was curious about why people did what they did. Why do people kill? Why do people do negative things to other people? I was a very sensitive child and stayed home a lot. I was kind of like a nerd to a certain degree. And then I took up music. Music was a very strong uh, motivator in my life. And as time went on, I met other astrologers. I met uh, a prominent astrologer in Detroit named Robert Thibodeau. So Robert had a a fantastic bookstore and he just had all kind of books, all type of ancient knowledge. And so I just, with passion, I just dwelled into the knowledge of astrology and numerology. And then I began to do charts when I was about 20, 21 years old is when I started doing charts and examining them and I would try to see if how this fit with this person and fit with that person. And I was able to deal with different people because of my connections with people from all walks of life, all classes, black, white, 
doctors, lawyers, criminals. Uh, for a little while, uh, some of the uh, young men that I grew up with, they went to prison and when they came out, I did their chart and I did the numerology and uh, everything. So I was able to not only understand the chart itself, but I learned how not to put the chart on the person, put the person on the chart because there's an X factor involved in doing interpretations, whether it's numerology or astrology. You have to know the consciousness and of the soul. Where is the soul? What point in their life have they reached a certain level of understanding as opposed to not understanding? So all those different things from a holistic standpoint, a person's environment, a person's culture, what has happened to them, you have to combine all of that. And you can get a powerful interpretation. And in terms of soul purpose, I have found out through my 45 years of study that the soul chooses the parents, the mother and the father, no matter how horrific that the mother or father is, you chose them so you can learn particular things. And a lot of times what you learn is for you actually to pass on to somebody else as you become a father, you become a mother. Or if you become a friend, I always have said that I want to be the person that I needed when I was 19 and 20 years old to another 19, 20 year old person or a person who's 35, because it's a powerful thing. Uh, the creator has given me great insight through trauma into my own personal pain, how in death, the death of my mom and the death of my father really brought me on to another level. And it was interesting because when I, I began reading your book, Maria, and it's things that we know deep down inside when I read portions of your book, I'm not finished yet, but when I got it from you, I, I immediately started reading. And uh, the things that you were saying, it connected with me because being human means you are multidimensional and you have the physical aspects and you have the soul but the soul simultaneously exists in other dimensions. And so if we look at ourselves in a singular way, then we'll be missing a lot because if we look at our bodies as who we are, then we have the wrong identification. And what happens in life is that the creator wants us to know and wants us to see, not to totally identify with the physical. The physical is good for what it's good for. Of course, you need to be able to distinguish who you are. I need to know that my name is Philip and my name is not Pearl or Maria. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know that they labeled that from a psychological standpoint, your ego, your ego is the part of yourself that differentiates from other human beings, other people. And you know who you are. If the ego guarantees that if your foot is being stepped on is your foot, it's not Maria's foot. This is Philip's foot. So the ego and the physical part of ourselves is necessary in order for us to function. But at the same time, the soul part of ourselves, the center is very important because that's where we learn our purpose. We connect through purpose into our soul by understanding the reason. Reason and purpose are very strongly connected. If you know the reason why you're here, and the reason a lot of times to a chart, a chart is a graphic illustration of the journey of your soul. There's one specific aspect of your chart called the sun or the sun sign. 
The sunshine and what the sun represents symbolically is the spirit. And graphically, it's illustrated through a circle. A circle, if you look at it, has no beginning and it has no end. So the circle is a perfect symbol for spirit. And spirit is the reason, the purpose, your vitality and the light of the individual and why they're here is to show it. So if you are Aquarius, your purpose and your light is to show individualism, to be able to be a humanitarian. Your purpose is to be a humanitarian. Your purpose is to go beyond boundaries of, of race and gender and color, all that you look directly at the soul. All those other things are just labels. If you're a Capricorn, now nothing is edged in stone because you also can have a purpose, but at the same time, it also means that you are learning these things. That you don't just come here with it. You have to remember because we forget. And that's one mystery that I have pondered upon, but I understand it now. Why do we forget when we descend from the soul, when the soul descends down into the physical plane, into the womb of the female, the womb of the mother, and the child is born, why does the child forget that what their soul went through? Why don't they remember? And some of it, I believe, is because that sometimes in being human, Sometimes in being able to comprehend the incomprehensible, we have to let go. The creator says, I have to put a bridge in between this human being and this soul remembering certain things because there's certain things they have to accomplish in this life. And so I want them to let what happened in other lives, I want them to let that go so they can proceed on and do what they have to do now. It would be spaces and times when they will be reminded by accident, by trauma, by pain, by relationship, that will help them remember, but I don't want them to necessarily focus on that. Now, what makes that deep and heavy is because some people actually want to remember and some people need to remember so they could understand what their purpose are. And then some people need to forget and don't go back into that or they may need to do that at a different phase of their life. And I'm going to say this. I know I've been talking for a long time. I haven't allowed you to say anything. <laughs> You're doing great. No, this okay. is great. Thank okay. you. In life, that remembering is important. But as I say before, the creator is vast and very creative. And so at times we will find ourselves in a dilemma and we will feel lonely and feel isolated. Those times are the times that we really can see what our purpose is when we feel isolated, because most of the time isolation. And if you have in my vast amount of reading, I find out that a lot of times we have to isolate ourselves from society and from the external world and get to ourselves through prayer meditation, and sometimes it happens in ways that's not so pleasant. Sometimes isolation may mean that you've been in a hospital. Sometimes isolation may mean you may be in a prison. Sometimes isolation may be that you just feel ostracized from all the rest of society and you just go within. So what we perceive as pain and trauma, 
are actually platforms for us to gain knowledge, wisdom, and understanding from this pain. And then we start gradually remembering. We remember how through dreams. We remember through what I call the, oh, the epiphanies that you go through different things in life and, you know, you're trying to figure out this, you're trying to figure out that. And like we were discussing also, Maria, is that I find out that language can be uh, when you're trying to understand your purpose. I'm getting back. I, I hope I haven't really left the theme, but it's all connected. Let me let me go back and connect because the, the theme is so purpose is that it's important that we always understand that everything that comes our way is our own personal guru. It is a lesson. So if you get a failed relationship, that was your teacher. That was your guru. If you get a disease, that's your guru. All these things are means and ways that you'll be able to find your soul purpose. Believe it or not. The key is to be able to become a master. Is that everything that comes in your direction that seems to be negative, you turn it into positive. In doing that, you will learn your soul purpose. When you make certain affirmations, because after a while, it's certain things you won't be able to get out of a so-called counselor. You won't be able to get from an astrologer. You won't be able to get from a tarot reader. Some things you have to go within because, as we was talking about, Maria, is that some things are so heavy. Some things are so deep. So things are so vast that the only way that you can really get understanding is through a personal relationship with your soul and the creator. And when you're able to do that, you get those epiphanies. You get those, oh, those, oh, oh, oh. It's true. Oh, <laughs> it's true. Even I can think of a reading I just did last night. A very detailed information was coming out. But then when it came to this one part, it kind of stopped. So what I always call it, it's kind of like a flat line. Mm -hmm. And I stopped and I got that, oh, <laughs> you know what? I'm not even, this is for you to sit back. Exactly. And exactly. examine what's going on. They're exactly. not going to give me the answers because the answers aren't for me. Yes. It is for you to discover within. And the whole look on her face, she knew it. And she's like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I agree. Yeah, because, I mean, even uh, certain the things we say, like the word God, man, it's, it's very limiting. To, for you to, to give this vast energy that they call God a name, you're limited. Mm -hmm. It's being limited, you know. So, yes, uh, that affirmation that we talked about, I see what can't be seen. I hear what can't be heard. I taste what has no flavor. I smell what has no fragrance. I feel without touching. Those five affirmations deal with the five physical senses. The five physical senses are limited. And if you go by your five physical senses as the reality, then you're going to have a problem because it's a partial reality because you only can see so far. You only can hear so much. And so that's why we make the affirmations because you awaken the knowledge that's within you, that the soul in this life, forgot. And now you start remembering. Remembering. And that's what happens during the time of Mercury retrograde. 
the prefix RE is very important during the period of just, I think the, I forgot, I'm not sure what time, I think it's the 16th of this month of February is when Mercury retrograde start. And that's a time when RE is very powerful. Reflection, reiterate, remind, remember, uh, resume RE. I wrote it, my book last year during Mercury retrograde. RE. Yeah, that's the best time to do it too. It's, <laughs> yes. it, it's you go. It's it's a powerful going inward. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people will. A lot of times when you see it on a magazine or something, they kind of make it like a, a bad thing. It's not really a bad thing, but it's you, not a bad you, thing. You, yeah, you got to be careful when you when, when you're speaking and you're talking because sometimes you will say something and you really don't mean what you're saying, and you think you're saying something else. And then when you talk to somebody else, they say, well, you told me about that. And you'll say, I, ain't, I didn't tell you that. Yes, you did. You know, but and it could be vice versa. So it's a time when you really, really have to listen to a person when it's Mercury retrograde or you make sure if you're signing any contracts, you have to really make sure that you understand what's going on. And of course, in astrology, you have two different you have the personal experiences and then you have the mundane or external experiences because Mercury retrograde deals with telephones and computers and the media and all electrical appliances, those type of things. So but yes, it's 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 very interesting. I find that astrology has provided a perfect tool and platform for and that's what I communicate with my clients for self development and for self-transformation not change transformation if you change you you can possibly go back into what you were doing but if you transform if you're a caterpillar and you turn into a butterfly you can't go back to being a caterpillar true so but the sole purpose again I, i hope i was able to share some insight about that purpose is indicative to us being aware us taking the challenges in life because earth is a classroom and and you learn your purpose through that classroom. Astrology can also give you information and be a tool. Like I said, the sun, whatever the sun sign is in, then, you know, that tells you something. If you're Scorpio, that means your purpose is to go deep into understanding the mysteries of life, to control desires, to understand the dark side. That's your purpose. <laughs> you know, and like I said, with Aquarius, you being an Aquarius, your purpose is to always connect with others and concentrate on that. Oh, because you will always get revelation and get insight. I told you before we started that you're the type of person that, yes, academics is, is important. And it's, it's important to go to school and it's important to learn as much as you want. But with a person like you, you get reveal, revelation. Things are revealed. Revelation. It's true. And so that's your purpose to answer the theme that we're speaking of. The sun sign gives you a purpose, but all the rest of the planets that's in your chart reveals your purpose too. But that sun is the center. Mm-hmm. And that's what you will definitely the soul is asking, it asks to come at a certain time, a certain year, a certain day, a certain month, and a particular a location on earth. So it could 
live and it could learn and it could work on its purpose. And that's what a chart reveals all that. That's why you ask for the information. Well, what time were you born? What day were you born? You know, what month were you born? And then if they don't have that information, I can do what they call a numerological chart. Because numerology also tells you, your name tells you your destiny, you know, and the consonants in the name and the vowels in the names reveal some real deep things. You have what you call the soul urge or soul number deep down inside. Yours is four. I'm revealing some things about you. No, you can use mine as a, so even with me being a psychic medium Mm -hmm. and me doing, because I do this full time, this is me and this is what I do. Mm -hmm. In my chart, does it reveal that? Like, well, well, with the, with the planets being you definitely for me being a medium for me. Well, you definitely have this one factor alone. There's no question. But as I said before, I have to realize and see what the what the soul is participating in, and by you participating in what you're participating in. Yes, I I definitely see it because you have the moon in the eighth house. Your moon is in the eighth house. You have Pluto in the eighth house. You have Uranus in the eighth house. So with the moon in the eighth house and Pluto, you have what you call whenever a planet, two planets or three planets in the same sign, there's a term called conjunction. Okay, Mm -hmm. so you have moon in Virgo conjunct Pluto in Virgo conjunct Uranus in Virgo, in the eighth house, okay? So each of the houses represents different departments of life, okay? And each of the houses have affiliations with the planets and the signs, okay? So with the eighth house, the planet that's associated with the eighth house is called Pluto. What does Pluto represent? Pluto and the different planets, I would say, are different Voices okay. in the psyche. The sun is a voice. The spirit, the moon is a voice. And so you have 10 voices that's going on. Some are more silent than others. And then sometimes the, the ones that are silent will overcome the one that speak all the time. And then sometimes the ones that don't speak that much and the ones that does speak a lot, they have clashes. And so this is why some people are somewhat vexed at a given point in their lives, because these different voices that all human beings have, have conflict now. And that's what you're able to see in a chart. With you having the moon, the moon represents, okay, this is a voice that represents emotional needs, the unconscious relationship with women, the relationship with the mother. Okay, so with moon and Virgo, It means that your mom was strictly a type person that wanted you to be a lady. You had to appear and act a particular type of way because of Virgo. What does Virgo represent? Virgo represents neatness. Virgo represents good health, hygiene, you know, brush your teeth, girl. Make sure you take your showers. Make sure you do this. Make sure you do that. She was the type of woman that, you know, cleanliness was everything. That is true. To her. Okay. Mm -hmm. So me just seeing that without me knowing your mom, I know that, but would you have the moon in Virgo, whether she was like this all the time when she was carrying you in the womb, 
and then you were born, this was the type of vibration that was happening between you and her. Because what's happening with the woman is that when a woman is carrying a child, what the woman is thinking, how that woman is feeling, her different experiences, her pain, her trauma, whatever, that child, when it comes to the through the doors of her womb, would be a living personification of everything wow. she went through. Okay, so we've got Moon and Virgo, and, and the eighth house is a very intense house. What is the eighth house? It deals with coming together. Actually, is is associated with the sex principle. A lot of people, the time that's why words are so. Sometimes I, I hate saying certain words because when you say sex, people mostly are talking about pure sexual intercourse, and sex is part of a principle. One, two, three. Mm-hmm. The number three is indicative to all principles of creativity. And that's what sex is, creativity. I get a metaphor if you have a plug with two prongs, okay, that's the one. Then you have a socket and you put the plug into the socket, male. And they actually call this the male mm-hmm. in electronics. They actually call this the male. The plug is male and the socket is actually female. They call it that. And they stick the, okay, the one, ones who had a mind. Now, just, just stick with me. This, this, we're talking about a principle. You know, you stick the plug into the socket, one, two, and the result of that, you get electricity. That's three. Mm-hmm. When you're speaking, okay, that's one principle. We have within us male and female. We have a male aspect of ourselves. Positive, aggressive, assertive. And then we have the female part of ourself, which is represented by our subconscious mind, unconscious mind, and the subconscious mind. So when the positive or the male aggressive part connects with the feminine or the subconscious part, okay, then you create something. You combine the, the, the positive male with the negative receptive, and, and negative doesn't mean bad in this case, we're talking about principle. So the feminine aspects of our mind is a subconscious. It receives, okay? The conscious is the one that analyzes the external world. So you combine the male with the female, and then you're able to create uh, magnificent pieces of art. You come up with different ideas. The result of combining the male with the female and, and you're being intent and direct is that you get a child. The child is a great idea to make some money. The child is a great song that you wrote. Okay. And from a group standpoint, you have a speaker that's talking and you have a mission. And so you speak and you speak to the audience. You asserting yourself, the male positive energy to the receptive audience. Mm-hmm. You got me? Yes. So your positive speaker asserting thought or seed mm-hmm. to the receptive audience. And when they receive that, him and the audience together can define and pick a goal for that group to accomplish. So the accomplishment and after the speaker speaks and the audience receives it, then the result of the speaking and receiving, you have a goal that you want to reach. 
And so that's that one, two, three. Right. And so with relationship, and we talk about parents, the male, the father, the female receives. Okay. And these are all things that you see in a chart. Exactly. But with the moon here, the the moon is, uh, well, I, I was talking about too. I was talking about what the eighth house represented, which is sex. Mm-hmm. Okay. So from that point of view, for you, you would be very particular about who you allowed to become intimate with you. With Virgo, is very analytical about that. And any mate that you were to mate with, they would have to be a certain kind. They did the hygiene and, you know, groomed, that type of thing. Because the woman chooses. Men don't choose. It's the woman that chooses. You know, unless she get raped or something, you know, but the female is in nature. Right. You know, the peacock, he, he's going, he's doing all like this. You know, the, the female, you know, she may be looking the other way like, you know, oh, my God, you know, and she'll leave. And then it's, he'll do it again with another female and she receives him. Mm-hmm. And that's how it is in, in the natural world. The male most of the time is more colorful. But the female is kind of bland. But that's like him having those colors is like having some money or having status or having a, a nice car, a good job. It's all intermingled. So what you have the moon in Virgo, you could be very analytical about particular things. That's not good or bad. It's just a characteristic. With Pluto there, it'll make you extremely intense about it. And it's hard for you to have superficial relationships. With Pluto there, because Pluto is deep. Pluto wants to get deep into the center of things. It's very true. You it's know, very wants, true. wants to get deep into the center of things to to accomplish and to see and go beyond the surface. And a BS is not tolerated. And you know, you're able to pierce through and look at people and see who they are. Your mom was able to do that, and that's why you were able to do that because your mom was really able to do those type of things. So she passed that on to you with Moon. Conjunct Pluto. So you have unbelievable penetrating natural psychological ability to read. Getting back to what you asked me about, could I see that in a chart? Now, but you may have that, but that doesn't mean that you become a reader. But you, it's a lot of people that have this connotation, but they're not a professional reader mm-hmm. or really dwell into the spiritual aspects of it, but they have it. But they don't manifest it, if I'm making sense. That makes sense. Yeah, makes they have it. Sense. Yeah, but they don't manifest it. But they have it. And all they had to do was go into psychological, you know, like psychoanalysis, that type thing. You're a type person that's a, a natural psychologist to see things. Now, what Uranus there, you have <laughs> that can make you at times become very restless. The moon deals with emotions and feelings. And at times you can become very restless all of a sudden you may just want to just go somewhere, just go out of town somewhere, just get away. Because at times, not all the time, you can get very bored and you need stimulation. That's true. And you need a situation and people that'll make you say, aha, oh. That's so true. So you love, you know, the moon represents your needs. So with Virgo, there's a need to get mental stimulation. There's a need. I'm not talking about just something that just, oh, uh, no, the moon represents a need. So it's a need for you to get mental stimulation. It's a need for you to learn. 
Mm-hmm. It's a need for you to experience this on a certain level. If you don't, then you will unconsciously at times, unconsciously attract situations with people that you will have to encounter an intense crisis. Interesting. Because when you were born, there was, you know, it was an intense situation when you when you were born. Your mom was going through some very intense emotional and it probably might it might have been secret too because Pluto because you can be very secretive with that so a lot of people wouldn't even know you know you could be going through hell and you wouldn't even see it on your face nobody would, would, would that know is it. true no nobody that's would very know true you know yeah. so that's what all that says just that one <laughs> little part alone so the funny thing <laughs> is my mother always told me that I was the immaculate conception Okay. Of course, then I would go, so I wasn't planned nice, but I was the immaculate conception baby because she didn't know how it happened. Well, there was a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And you became a living personification, again, you became a living personification of that. It doesn't have to mean that it's a, a bad thing, but it means that, like I say, in a, to a certain degree, deep in your subconscious, intensity in crisis is what wakes you up. You know, to have to deal with something and it could be intense, it could be emotional, it could be certain things happening and you able to deal with that and die from that experience and become reborn. Mm-hmm. And that's what has happened. We absolutely. Know, we know what we're talking about. Yep, absolutely. So I get the, all of that. So that's why you were able to endure it mm-hmm. and stay there. Because with your penetrate, I'm not trying to make you feel good. You have penetrating insight into things. So it's a lot of things that you saw, mm-hmm. but you stayed there. It makes so much sense. So that experience was intense. That experience was, oh, my God. But it also was something that you needed and need. Now, in another situation, when you go through something like that and you overcome it, then you will see that again, but it won't be in the same way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Done that. Been there, done that. Mm-hmm. But now it could be anything. It could be with your children or something. Mm-hmm. Could be going on. Like, I recommend everybody get their chart. I think it almost <laughs> should be mandatory that everybody has to have their chart done. And that mandatory that, oh, okay, it's time for my yearly chart. Well, the affluent ones do. They just don't say nothing. But those are fun. Uh, what is it? John Paul. What is that guy that that uh, business magnate that, that owned the uh, I can't think of his name, but he's a billion, super rich back in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. John J.P. Morgan. OK. You ever heard of J.P. Morgan? Yes. J.P. Morgan was a, a magnate. He was just a billionaire back in the day. He said the difference between a millionaire. And a billionaire is a strategy. <laughs> <laughs> I say, whoa. But back in the day, the kings and the queens and most people, they, they you know, they were consulted their astrologer, man. It's, you know, and, and they still do, but it's more or less in secret. You know, Reagan didn't do it in secret. President Reagan was, had an astrologer. Him and, well, I don't know how if Nancy was into it, but he definitely had an astrologer. You know, so the affluent. See, they 
if you were fluent and you were making money and you are seeking a certain type of power, then anything that anybody else say is crap, you're going to try it. Okay, they say it's crap, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it and see. And if it works, I don't care what they say, it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could, they can say it's not scientific. They can say this and they can say that. They, say, they can say it's a bunch of crap. But I've gotten a chart done and I've got a business chart done and I've got a chart done on cycles of the stock market and it works. I'm keeping it. I ain't going to tell y'all. But yes, because you with astrology, you're dealing with cycles in time. And not to get real metaphysical, but I have to say this, that time is a mental construct. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as time. On a spirit, right. in a spiritual sense. Exactly. Time, what we call time is just a assimilation of different experience that the brain took in while it's on this planet and the, the different phases of the moon, the different feelings and experience of, of light and dark, all those kind of things embedded into the brain. And the brain had to have some type of way to function on a physical plane and finally through experience see that there's an advantage in understanding when to do certain things. So I see automatically that when what we call the sun is out, that certain things are better to do than when I don't see the sun anymore. And so the planets, okay, and the moon and the stars are actually our reference and why we chose what we chose because we needed to itemize and label the different events and experiences we have and we labeled it as time. So seconds turn into minutes and minutes turn into hours and hours turn into days and days turn into weeks and weeks turn into months and months turn into a year because we saw, the brain saw patterns that could, because the brain saw that life is not linear, it's not straight, it's cyclic, it's a circle, and it repeats itself mm-hmm. over and over again. Now, the, each segment is different, but it's still basic principle the same. Every year we have a spring, every year we have a summer, every year, and that's part of astrology. All that was is, is part of astrology. They named this particular, because what we call... Uh, spring means that the earth is in a particular angle to the sun. And then when it goes into another angle in relation to the sun, it's called cancer. Then it goes into another angle in relation to the sun. They call it autumn or Libra. And then when it goes into another angle in relation to the sun, it's called winter, which is Capricorn. So everything seasonally and everything when it comes to time is interrelated with astrology. A clock is nothing but a circle. So someone can come to you for their chart and if they've got like a surgery they need to plan or if they have a test that they need to schedule for something, you can pick the best Best dates, the best time, best dates for these important things to happen in someone's life. Yes, and it's like, you know, like my grandmother, man, she was excellent for flowers and planning, you know, and old school and people in the South, man, they, they did things by the full moon. They did things in accordance to the first and second quarter. 
third and fourth quarter, all those are representatives of time that's good to plant because the soil is more fertile. The soil is more open because everything is interrelated. So you don't want to put a seed in when the soil is not ready. I wouldn't have even thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's all it's, related with it's, it. It's all related. Everything is interrelated, you know. And so, yes, um, during the full moon, the barometric pressure changes in the earth. That's why you see like tidal waves. Mm-hmm. And during a particular time of the spring, the full moon makes ovulation a certain type of way, you know, with with muscles, with, with with sea creatures and sea animals, things change. And if a person really pay attention to the full moon now, this is even outside of the philosophy of astrology and whether you believe in astrology or not. You can go to certain hospitals. You can go to fire departments. You can go to psychiatric places during the full moon, man. They'll tell you, yes, I don't believe in no astrology necessarily. But when the full moon comes, Yes. I know plenty of people that work in hospitals and they're always, oh, geez, the full moon's coming up. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's definitely a connection. We are, you know, we're interrelated and that's what astrology is too. Astrology represents how we as human beings are related to the universe, man. We, we're we not here by ourselves, you know, and this it's a whole lot of things that I share in my uh, consultation. And uh, it's just... Like I say, 45 years of sweat and making mistakes and then learning from my mistakes and talking with clients, talking with doctors, because I talk with doctors. I talk with my doctor and I talk with a lot of uh, medical practitioners and, I, you know, I learn things from them and I put it in an astrological context. And uh, so it's been a great, great, great transforming learning experience for me. 45 years of experience. 45 years. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like a it's, part of me. It you is know? something to be proud of. Yes, I mean, yes, yes, really, it is. Yes, it is. I love that. Yes, it is. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so yes. much, Philip, for being here. This has been wonderful. Yes, yes. And um, Philip, right now, his website is under construction, but probably within the next month, it's going to be up. So anybody can message me on my Facebook page and I will give you Philip's information while his social media things are under construction right now, but they will be up soon. And for an in-person meeting, he's located in Oak Park, Michigan. So he's like off the expressway, just like I'm off the expressway. I mean, I'm like five minutes from Philip's house. So it's so nice because it's easy for people to get to our location. Right, right. I mean, I, everybody's like, oh, you're right there. It's so close. So nice location. It is. It's a great location. So please, like I said, everybody should have their chart done at least once a year. The information that you get from an astrology chart is incredible. And it's fun. It's not a scary thing because some people are like, I don't know. It's kind of scary. I'm like, no, it's fun. And I love working with astrologers. So for me as a psychic medium, it gets that part of my brain going where when they ask me a question, like, let's say that Philip was to have a client that said, hey, go ahead and talk to Maria about this. 
That's exciting because I am a geek with what I do. <laughs> and I find that so fascinating. And it's, well, Maria, what are you picking up on this or what do you get? I'll give the information that I'm getting. And when you combine both of them, it's yes. really fascinating what happens. Yes. So I see, I, I get excited about this part of it because it's so, it's fascinating and it's so nice for the client because you're providing them even more information. So, and I love that. I love providing the most information I can for my client. Yes. So thank you, Philip. I appreciate you. you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Hello from the Other Side. You can connect with Maria and book a reading at mariaverdeshi.com. While you're there, be sure to join her email list and be the first to receive special offers.